92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Fact or myth? In the big game, the coin toss usually comes up heads. That is a myth. In fact, Tails has come up more often in recent years. Football is full of myths. Like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at KeepItFunOhio.com. You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution, they help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. For fans, by fans. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Today on the show, it's our official 2016 Baltimore Ravens season preview. And I know what you're thinking. But don't worry, because we got back up here in Section 336 studio. We got Ken McCusick, Mr. Film Study himself, on the show with us today to help us break down the Ravens and tell you 336ers everything you need to know for the upcoming 2016 Baltimore Raven football season. All that and more on this edition of Section 336. It's time for Section 336. Section 336, Baltimore's best. The number one podcast, forget the rest. Matt Burton, Josh, welcome to guests. The Ravens are back, no nonsense defense. So tune in every week, hear the stories get told. The Super Bowl champs crushing the Steelers and Colts. It's the time of the year for the purple pain. So sit back, let this podcast tickle your brain. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages. Welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I am your endearing, stuttering host. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Stroka. How's it going? Now, did you plan this kickoff uh, Ravens thing to be about when the Orioles start to uh, crap the bed? I tell you what, if you want to get excited about Ravens, just watch the Orioles for a little bit. I'm also, and we're also joined this week, sitting in the Zany Burt Brody's chair, someone who knows a lot more than the Zany Burt Brody. Ken Cusick, Mr. Film Study. Welcome, Ken. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I'm excited to talk to Ken. I'm excited to talk about the Ravens. Um, Josh and I are repping our, our Ravens gear uh, because uh, this is the first show in a long time where we're not wearing orange. I know. So we're kind of like all the people at Camden Yards right now not wearing orange. All, all, all the Blue Jay fans? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we're going to get into the to the Ravens season. We're going to get into the, to the final roster as roster cuts are 
are coming down here to the very end. I got some questions for Mr. Film Study. Now, and I got some thoughts on the upcoming Raven season. Now, if you're tuning in in September and wondering why we stopped talking about the Orioles, you just missed the fact that we released two episodes today. Yeah, so we got a little mini so, Orioles episode so, coming so out. So check if you if you're not a Raven fan but an Oriole fan, just check your uh, podcast feed. There's another episode on there, probably labeled Orange. Absolutely. So, um, Ken and Josh, before we dive into the 2016, I just I want to put a bow on the 2015 season. I feel like it's been kind of summed up as just an injury throwaway year. I think we forget a little bit, Ken, that at the beginning of the season, like Joe Flacco, well, he was hurt something, what, like week eight or week nine? Uh, Steve Smith went down, I think, week seven. So... Our, and and before that, like it was it was kind of bad before had, that. We had yeah, I think we only had like two wins when 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 Joe went down. So I think to sum it up as, as saying it was just the injuries fault that we lost last year and that we were unsuccessful last year. I think is a little bit too convenient. Ken, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think there were lots of problems with the Ravens last year. Injuries were one, and you know the Suggs injury was in game one. That, so that's true. That one season. that injury was really really rippled as waves through the defense but the, the defense was never able to generate turnovers and uh, and that was a major problem so it, it kind of makes me cringe every time I hear uh, anyone associated with the Ravens but certainly Dean Pease say that the defense was great the second half because they were eighth in yardage allowed I mean that's one very weak measure of the defense in truth the defense was not that good in the second half because they still were not getting turnovers yeah yeah and is would you say Based on, and we're going to talk about a lot of the specific moves, but would you say that the Ravens kind of addressed a lot of the areas where they were weak last year? Uh, yeah, I think I would say that. They've, they've had a great draft. I'm, I'm very excited about that. We had a show we did on the on the draft, of course, that I think uh, went through that, and we're, we're yeah. very excited about a lot of players. Um, just a lot of times your draft comes, and this time of the year you realize that there's a there's a number of players who aren't really going to have the huge role you projected them for on that day in April or early May when you were all so excited that they were taken. But uh, I think a lot of the Ravens are still in line to have a very large role on this team, a lot of the Raven draftees. Okay, and we know, uh, and, and so let's start there. Let's start with, with the rookies. Ronnie Stanley, everything I've read, he's been amazing. Do you concur with Ronnie Stanley being great? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's had 80 preseason snaps. Uh, he, I have him scored as three partial pressures, 1.33 total pressures. He has not allowed the quarterback to be touched yet with a quarterback hit or sack. Hasn't allowed the quarterback to be knocked down, I should say. Hasn't been penalized. Um, I, I can't say this enough, but offensive line play is all about minimizing failure rate, and that's why most offensive line scoring is event-based like that mm. so when i look at it he, he's been very good at avoiding bad events and other players on the line can be more flashy and block in level two that's not really a left tackle's job um the left tackle makes the guy opposite him not get to the quarterback yeah has he been has he been seen now i know all that and i and fine that's all great to hear how, right. do you think he's really been tested so far in the preseason you know, he's last uh, last week. Of course, he got Ziggy Ansa, and yeah. uh, and that's a that's a significant test. Okay. Um, uh, before that, you know, time against Coney Ely, he had time against others. Um, he, as much as anybody's been tested, he's been tested because he's with the ones. So yeah, you can point to some of the players who are rookies who play mostly in the second half, and they they really haven't been tested as much. Yeah. As far as um, we know, Ronnie Stanley, we know he's going to be. I mean, starting on left tackle, it's a significant position. 
is there another rookie that we're seeing is going to that all Ravens fans will know his name by the end of week one because he's going to be a significant contributor to the team who's that rookie that impact rookie I is mean, there one up and down the roster we there's there's several um Jadon has had a fantastic preseason at uh at uh, outside linebacker and has four sacks if you include one he got on a two-point conversion and okay. don't know why you wouldn't but uh but it's not an official sack and and uh he's exciting um yeah, ken dixon has been probably the best uh player in space the ravens have had and uh, they've gotten him the ball there. He's made big plays in level two. He continually moves the pile. Like, I mean, he almost runs like Jamal. He's a small guy, but he almost runs like Jamal in terms of his ability to continually push a pile. We've seen several plays like that. Uh, unfortunately, he got hurt in the last game. He's going to miss the first four games, we think. Um, right. But games. it could have been a lot worse. Oh, right? yeah. There was big concerns oh, yeah. when he went down. Yeah. And I think anybody who saw that injury um, is thrilled that the injury is only, only four to six weeks at this point. And, and I want to get, and we're going to talk later about the running back situation because I think that's interesting. How many kind of running backs we have that are all near the same level? Um, Tavon Young, another rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you do see him. How, how has he looked so far to you yeah. in the preseason games? Uh, he's looked, he's looked good. Um, and and more importantly, he's going to get an opportunity right away because the guy who was there uh, really hasn't shown anything. Mm-hmm. They they brought in a veteran, Gerard Powers. Uh, to play the nickel, and uh, and he really has looked terrible in camp, and then he got hurt. Yeah. So he he may be powers may be cut, but uh, we'll get to that a little later. But uh, I think that Tavon is going to get the first shot at the nickel. And and sticking with this rookie theme, Al- 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 Alex Lewis, yeah. um, offensive lineman. Do you, do you see him starting next to yeah Toronto Stanley? I I think he'll get the initial start at left guard. Urschel's been out a couple weeks, and and he would be the starter otherwise. But I think Urschel comes back, and Lewis has the has the role. Um, Lewis has not scored well in the last two weeks, had a lot of problems with stunt pickups and some other things. Um, most of what I think I'm seeing is correctable. Um, he is a nasty brute of a blocker, um, but he's also 6'6", and um, that makes it a little more difficult to play on the inside because the, the guy opposite you may be 300 pounds and 6'2", or 6'1", mm-hmm. and they, a lot better chance to get under your pads. And, and get leverage, yeah. Okay. Uh, is it do you, so, Alex Lewis? Is that someone who projects in the future as more of a right tackle, possibly, as yeah, opposed to? Yeah, I, I think so. Guard? I mean, it, it would. It, one of my issues with the Ravens roster right now is that they don't have a good tackle depth, and if they have an injury at tackle, and it would be terrible if they did, because two of their best linemen are there, but right. um, they're going to have to kick Lewis outside because he's the only other guy they have, and they're going to have to then, um, you know, weaken a couple positions probably in the in yeah. the process. There's something about. And maybe maybe this is just old man bias as they get older. But there's something about two rookies starting on the left side of the offensive line that makes me nervous, right? Because they they don't experience. Maybe they haven't seen certain schemes that other teams will throw at them. Right. So it's just the whole idea of two rookies D- different on the left habits. side um, protecting your quarterback's blind side makes me a little bit nervous. I, I think that's fair. Um, you know, other teams already, uh, from what I've seen, are just stunting like crazy against them. I mean, they're 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 testing him and testing him, and and uh, they've held up okay. Um, Stanley has been terrific, and Lewis has been not as good. But uh, uh, well, and, it, and it seems like that hasn't been a strong point anyway the past couple years. Mm-hmm. So if we can get two young guys who can do pretty good this year the hope is they grow together and that becomes a strong suit yeah i i, th- I mean i think that's fair i, I think that it, um you know you could look at it another way and say they've got one really good run blocker and one really good pass blocker over there and that would be another way to 
to take it. I mean, it's it's just I, I'm I'm having seen what I've seen. I'm eager to roll the dice with these two as a fan and see what happens. All right, fair fair enough. I want I have one more rookie question for you, and this is talking about Josh's boy, uh, Kenyon Reynolds. Hey, that is my boy, Annapolis. Yeah, yeah Annapolis, midshipman. Um, is there? Do you? He's getting cut, right? There, there's a lot of receivers on this team. Is is there a spot for Keenan Reynolds? I, I don't believe so. Um, it, there's that's I, I, too know, bad. Going back, it is too bad. But but there's seven there's seven receivers um, uh, currently that I would project onto the roster. The seventh, Campanero, is there because of his return skills primarily. And Reynolds, I'm just not seeing how he makes it at this point. Although I've you know, watching practice, I took a lot of notes on Keenan Reynolds because I know everybody locally yeah. was interested in him. And his kickoff returns in particular improved a lot as as camp went on. Uh, he squares up to the ball well and and runs right through it at a chest level as he as he catches it, which is nice. Right. Um, but I, I've seen lots of negatives about his hands and catching the ball. Well isn't that gonna isn't that gonna then take him away from that those return games? I would love to say that's the problem and I don't have the number okay. right on me, but it's something like one target in seventy some snaps, and so I, we I, haven't seen it yeah. in in game. Well, that's probably he hasn't hasn't got separation to be okay. thrown to. So All right, if you if you don't, yeah, if you can't get separate, <laughs> you can't prove yourself. Yeah, but that's but Keenan Reynolds is is a name that people know, mm-hmm. not just in here in Maryland. I mean, he set the record for touchdowns in NCAA. So is this? Is this and I've heard people say, "Well, he'll just stay on the practice squad." Is this a guy the Ravens can hide in the practice squad while they work on those things? Not, not in my opinion. So yeah. they'll find what small injury he has and put him on IR. Yeah. Oh, you think so? Yeah, that's what I think. Uh, yeah, I'd assume that's the only way to hide him yeah. as, as a as a player who's named. I don't even know how his contract, like out, like how he he out the Navy's letting him play. I don't even know if that would allow on a practice squad. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's a, it's it's a, it's a, it's a different situation there. Yeah. And I don't know either, so I'm... Right, but inju- inju- injury seems to make sense. But you left a rookie off your list. I, well, I didn't cover every single rookie, but you, go ahead. Who, you, who did you, I leave off left, that I should have mentioned? You left Brashard Perryman. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he hasn't played yet. It, wouldn't this still be considered his rookie year? Well, I don't I don't think he's eligible, uh, he's eligible to win rookie of the year. Why not? He hasn't played a game. <laughs> Can you win comeback player of the year without ever actually yeah, playing to begin with? That's a real interesting <laughs> question. I mean, yeah. But but what are but what are and and I know you really you haven't had a chance to see him play in a no. preseason game. He, play, he right? plays this Thursday. No one has. He gets, he's I don't excited. think anyone's seen him play flag football since since. No, I've I've actually even in the in the practices I've been there, he's never once been on the field while I've been there. So yeah. that's how. Yeah. I believe at this moment Tim Tebow has played more baseball than Perriman has played <laughs> football. So when you see. So when so is Perriman is he going to play on Saturday? Is it do we Thursday Thursday, Thursday I mean, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah he's playing. That's, right. that's what they're saying. He, and he's been out there saying he's excited to play Thursday. And so, Ken, from your film study perspective, when you watch a Bashar Perriman who hasn't had the injury issues and hasn't been on the field at all, what are you looking for from okay, him? Okay, that's a real good question. Um, I, I'm not expecting that he's going to get targeted a bunch of times, so they'll try. But, but right. what I really want to see is I want to see how he runs a nine route, what kind of double move he can make on a, on a uh, defensive back. Um, I want to see what uh, what he does on a slant. I want to see how he uh, protects the ball with his body when he does get thrown to. I want to see how willing he is to go up uh, high for the ball. I want to see how he gets in and out of his guts. All the standard stuff. Yeah, yeah. Can he run? Can, mm-hmm. can he stop? And then can he yeah. run again? <laughs> yeah. Right. Those basic important things with, with, with football. I mean, but for Thursday, we just look for health, right? We look for him to not get hurt. That's the only result I want, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... 
fine to not get hurt, but you also want to see him play in a game and get hit and yeah, get up and be okay. Yeah, it's it's like in baseball. It's it's as as we were talking earlier today. It's Nolan Reimold running into that wall and he was still alive. That's what we got to see from Perriman. We got to see him take some hits and still be alive. Yeah, Josh is trying to see how many baseball re- re- references he can make. Why? Because I mentioned Tebow and then I mentioned uh, that. Uh, so so let's let's transition a little bit and talk about the injury guys. So Perriman coming off the injury. Another guy that's coming off a series of injuries. This guy, Perriman's the same way. He makes me nervous just to watch him play because we're ready for his legs to fall off. Another guy that makes you nervous, almost even more so, is Dennis Pitta. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the expectations for Dennis Pitta this season? Doesn't he have a broken finger right now? Yeah. So he's he's uh, he does have that. It's, they said yesterday that both Pitta and Max Williams will be back for the opener. That Max Williams is likely to practice as early as Friday. He's not going to play in the game on Thursday, and that Pitta will be back to practice sometime before the opening game and will play in that, which is a good thing because the team really only has three tight ends. And uh, uh, you know we can we can start on the roster discussion now. If sure, you want yeah, to, and, and let's start yeah. with the tight end spot. Yeah. So, sure. so here, here's a spot that at the beginning of the season. We, um, we, we, there was a plethora of tight ends. There was even talk in the, initially, like, maybe can you trade one of these tight right. ends? Mm-hmm. I heard that talk. And now all of a sudden it's like, are you going to have enough tight ends at, at week one uh, to, to play the game? So, so what do you see happening with that tight end right. position? Well, they have, they, have, um, they have six guys on the roster currently who play tight end who are not hurt yet. <laughs> and uh, or well, who are hurt but coming back by opening day? Okay. So they, they have Gilmore, who's the least injured right now of of anybody, and and and, and he was a guy that last year we got to watch play mm-hmm. and kind of him and Boyle. I think we we kind of got to like his tight ends. That's right. They're both good blocking tight ends. Physical, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, tough guys. Um, uh, Pitt, Pitt and Williams are both going to be on the team, and I, I you know. But I think Baltimore fans know who Dennis Pitt is, so we don't need to talk too much about that. Max Williams is another guy that can find a spot in a zone. But honestly, a lot of the other things a tight end is supposed to do, he's not really all that great at. He doesn't have great speed, and he's not a great blocker. Um, him being the third tight end is probably about right on this roster. Really? And that surprised me because I looked at him as kind of the more athletic, catching more balls. Less of the blocker, more of the the receiver type, but that's not what you're. you're no, no, no. I would agree. I mean, he's he's a hands tight end, and he's a sit down, but he's not a speed tight end. Okay, yeah. but he's he's not he's he's not up because you see that the 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 way the NFL has transitioned into these bigger tight end guys as main option receivers. Um, you don't see? Do you see him as being one of Joe Flacco's main options? Yeah, I think I, I, a guy with good hands is always a good target for Joe Flacco. I mean, Dallas Clark was a good example a few years ago, okay. and, or Owen Daniels of guys who sure. you know are of moderate speed, no blocking ability, and good hands that Joe loves. All right, fine. I was thinking more <laughs> like the Jimmy Graham comparison, and you're and you're going with the Owen Daniel comparisons. All right, fine. <laughs> Fair enough. So, but so we have him. Um, the 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 Ben Watson injury. Is that a, is that was that a significant injury? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I know it was Ben Watson, but yeah. for the Ravens team. Oh, okay, no. Um, <laughs> like I, don't uh, yeah, the team, I get yeah. it. <laughs> In my opinion, probably yes. Um, uh, Watson was a guy. I think I, you know I would have said that they could have counted on before the injury occurred. Now. You know, I look up and down this roster in terms of they've got a lot of decent skill position players, but there's also a lot of injury risk and injury background with most of these guys. Yeah. So it's it's scary. 
Yeah, that is scary to see where we're standing at week eight, see who's left standing. Let me let me just finish up with the tight ends if we can, then we can move on sure. if, if you don't mind. Um, so Dan yeah, Brown is is a, is a wide receiver brought inside, um, and uh, he's not going to make the team in my opinion. A lot of people think he might, but I think he's going to end up on the practice squad again, and he, he did have some contributions last year. At the t- one of the benefits the Ravens have at tight end is they have two suspended guys. They won't take up a roster spot, and they act as midseason reinforcements at a position where they have a lot of injury risk. And the first one is Darren Waller, who comes back in week five. Now, what's his deal? What's his? I, I mean, but, I think most people know about Nick Boyle, but what, what's? Yeah, they're both, they're both PED PEDs, style yeah. suspensions. Yeah. So. And, and so you're saying it was a good thing that they took PEDs. I'm I'm not I'm definitely not saying <laughs> that. But I am saying it's not, it worked out okay for. Oh, okay, yeah. fine. Uh, I don't uh, put words in your uh, mouth. I'm sorry. Help help you hide the guys. Can, right? Can we get uh what's his name the Navy guy Navy QB to take some PEDs? I'm just yeah. saying it's just an option. Well, he's, you know we we joke about it, but the the value of these guys and what they learn in their careers and and what they're worth to the Ravens is so greatly reduced by being in the program at all. It's really bad. But this year. Yeah. Waller being out four weeks, you know he's he's a chance to come back and help the team. And Boyle is out, and he he'll be a blocker. They'll go they'll go the the season until week eleven, and there'll be all these complaints from everybody in town about how none of our tight ends can block, and then he'll come back and right, right. best chance for him to make an impact. And that, I mean week eleven that that's great because that's when everyone's going to be worn down, and we're yeah. going to need that that freshness. Yeah, December is a good time to run because it's hard it's a harder weather right. to throw in. So life is good. Um, transition. Are you are you good with the with the tight ends? Yeah. Okay, I want to go to the tight end slash fullback position. Now, sure. let me ask you a question. This is the modern NFL. Joe Flacco is throwing the ball everywhere around. Is there still a place for Kyle Juszczyk and, and, or for the fullback position at all? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a utility player. If he were a pure fullback, if he were Lorenzo Neal, I'd probably say, no, there's not really a position for that guy anymore in the NFL. Um, so then that's saying the traditional fullback position's going away. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I it'll still be called fullback, but from what we've known, though, it'll be a guys who can do something else, like Uzcheck can, and and set up as an H back or set up uh, uh, in the uh, as a tight end. Um, he he runs real routes. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but the longest catch by any Raven fullback in history was Ovi Muhaley of thirty yards in two thousand six, and Uzcheck had two catches longer than that this last year. Mm. So um, he runs a different route tree. Vante Leash, for example, if you look back to him. His only real route that he had in his whole playbook was like a three-yard out to one sideline. Right. Okay. Right. But with with uh, um, Usechek, he he runs a lot of shoot routes. Uh, he's capable of running a wheel route and fighting for the ball. So anyway, good stuff. With the tight end situation, do we anticipate Kyle Usechek being used at all in the tight end? Oh, absolutely. Slot? Okay. Yeah. I mean, for, more for so a, than last year. Uh, yes, I, I would say. Um, it, they were short on tight ends last year, so you know. It was, okay. It, but but it, but as a blocking tight end in goal line situations, in particular, where where you play a one three one with you know one wide receiver, three tight ends, and one running back or zero three thirty two with which is three tight ends and a fullback and right. I mean, he'd be in, in every right. one of those formations. Right. Okay. Fair enough. And I think we all like Kyle Uzcheck. That's good to hear. Uh, moving on to to the running back mm-hmm. positions. I, this is a similar with the tight ends, where at first it seemed like we had too many, and now are we going to, like, who's left standing by the start of, of week one? Justin Forsett, his job's safe, right? Like, he's not going anywhere? Right, it is now. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my, I have a few overarching themes to the roster selection this year, but one of them is the team has got to find a way to get younger. The, the uh, age on the team, despite the great draft, is really barbelling. And you know what I mean when I say that is they, uh, they got a few more rookies, but they really actually shrunk the population of two, three, and four-year players, and they 
picked up a bunch of veterans, so they now have eight more players with mm-hmm. six-plus years' experience than they had last year at this time. Yeah. So guys each end and very few people kind of in that middle. Yeah, yeah, fewer, fewer in the 2-3-4 range, which is right. where you really want a lot, a lot of your roster to be. When, when they're, The reason for that is that, that players in 1, 2, 3, and 4 have team control remaining, so they're right. cheap. And they, they don't cost a lot versus the cap. And after year five, you pay market value for everyone. So it's who wants to do that? No one does. Yeah. No one does. So who and how, so um, so we're looking at Justin Forsett being. Do you think the starting running back is that is that safe to assume or no? Well, I th- I think he's going to start the year as the starter. Um, he hasn't looked the best in camp. I would say that that um, Dixon looked the best and West uh, a notch below him. But West has been. But they've all looked good, right? Uh, I, I, you know, honestly, I don't think Allen has looked that good in the preseason. He's had 18 carries for okay. 35 yards. He hasn't really had a single, uh, had one good touch in the first game. He had a, he had a, a pass he, he took for a touchdown. But other than that, you know, he's he's very short yardage plays, and and his longest run is for six yards and 18 carries. It's just not very exciting. But but that's got to be a lot of stress on uh, on Justin Forsett that he's got to play well. Sure. If, if you're talking two guys who are having really good. Uh, preseasons, and then a third guy who's not doing okay that well, but showed a little glimpses last year. Mm-hmm. That's that's got to be some pressure on on an older veteran. Yeah, he's he's got some advantages, and you start with um, Dixon won't be around for a few weeks, so so he's he, he's not competing against him directly. The right. next thing is that he's an outstanding pass blocker. Um, he attacks the middle of a of of a linebacker like nobody else you'll ever see. I mean, he, a lot of a lot of running backs they stand back, they wait for the block to come to them, and he tries to get right up under the arms of that linebacker, hammers his midsection, and just I, I like him as a pass blocker. Even though he's the smallest one of the group, um, so he's got that advantage. Um, he, he's a good receiver. He's a proven guy in space. I, I think he's faster than uh, than uh, Allen probably, and so I, I, I like his his chances to still be an effective player for the Ravens. And you know, we'll see. What, what do you think? Um, and I, and I know, and I think we kind of we saw Terrence West a good bit last year at the end of last mm-hmm. season, run really well. What does Buck Allen bring to the? To the running back position. I mean, I think it's a, it's a combination runner and receiver. Yeah. Um, he's a taller guy that should translate to better vision. I haven't really seen that so far. Um, West has made some mistakes in terms of not following his blocks this preseason. They've been kind of frustrating. Hmm. But uh, but he he has run very hard, and both West and Dixon have have had terrific yards after contacts. So that's been the most exciting part of that position. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fun to watch. Uh, sticking with the the offense and. Let's talk about QB for a second. Sure. Uh, but before we talk about, I know we. Right, you want to start with, I mean, QB. You're going Flacco's health, right? R- right, and then we. I, or do you really want to talk about second string? No, no, no. Like I, Joe Flacco is coming back from the injury. Uh, when you watch the, the the preseason game against uh, the, the the Lions in his first appearance. Uh, how did Joe look to you coming off that injury? Yeah, I don't spend a lot of time uh, talking about Joe because everybody else does. But but he basically, I, the ball came out quick. I, I was excited about that. He he took a lot of three-step drops and threw the ball. Um, the, I really like the look of the slants to Wallace in particular. Um, you know, there was just a lot to like about the way he got rid of the ball quickly. And he didn't even really need to. I mean, he had a good night of left side blocking, so he didn't have the same issue with that um uh, you know i'm just i'm excited about where he is relative to where i thought he would have been at this point any signs of him playing with any uh concern or hesitation with his with his name not that i can see that's great yeah yeah it's good to see in the quick release i think that that's becoming a really a more important thing in the nfl and i mean you see tom brady does this 
better than anybody else, where you can get away with not having a great offensive line if you can get the ball out fast. Right. And so that's something you would love to see Joe get a little bit better at. Uh, and let's talk about everyone loves to talk about who is backing up Joe. You know, if if he gets hurt Do again, we care? it happens. Yeah, yeah, we care. Well, All we right. saw what happened last year, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the backup matters. Uh, Josh Johnson had a couple great games. Uh, yeah, he, Ryan he, Mount looked good against the Lions. Yeah. Is there is there a controversy here about who's the backup? Or is it right, we Mount? can't keep both. Whatever one we don't keep, someone else is going to pick up because well, they're both having good springs. One would imagine. Pre-seasons. One would imagine. Yeah. That's that's right. I mean, I, I think the the organization's made the choice that Mallet is the guy. I, I I wouldn't have said it was a was a sure thing, but I, I after the Johnson's first excellent game, that which is game two, um, he just he looked outstanding running the offense, moving it right down the field, yeah. um, and and he created a quarterback controversy. And if you go to practice, you'll see that the, the practice is divided into these ten and twelve minute segments. Each one. Um, it basically it consists of about 12 reps. And Flacco will get six of those reps. And there are, uh, then there will be four that will go to the backup quarterback, which was Mallet this year. So they, already 10 of the reps are accounted for. And then Josh Johnson and Jared Johnson each got one rep. Well, coming out of a camp like that, he's able to go into the second preseason game and just drive the out-ball offense in two different ways. Once as a passing offense and the other featuring him as a, as a, as a running quarterback. Right. Um, just amazing to me that he's able to turn that on and off like that. But very impressive. And Mallet during camp, the, the big knock on him has been maturity. That um, the guy, every pass that didn't get count, caught, and he had a lot of problems with accuracy, but every pass that didn't get caught, his arms go up in the air like it's mm. somebody's fault. <laughs> That's my favorite response yeah. by a quarterback. Yeah, that that it's never his fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's Tom Brady-ish. Yeah, well, Tom Brady has issues with maturity yeah. as well. If that's the case, yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll sit on the ground and put yeah. his hands up, complaining. Yep. Is 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 there room? And I know Josh said that we can't keep three, but is that Josh Johnson brings something different to the table with the ability to be that running quarterback? Mixed up, is there a chance that we could keep three quarter? quarterbacks on this team or is that crazy talk I, I don't think with the pressures across the rest of the roster that it would really make sense um, you know when you really get down to it if Flacco is lost all is lost so you, you, you really you just have to hope for the best and pick your best number two guy and go with him if the, and, if the worst happens and when you've got your whole offense designed around Joe Flacco uh, putting a running quarterback then in that position isn't going to help you when it's not your offense isn't designed for that I mean so it, uh, it seems like go with Ryan Mallett. Or get rid of Joe Flacco, bring in Tim Tebow, and just make it a running <laughs> offense, right? He's, he's Those playing, are kind of your options you're looking at. Maybe for the Orioles. Yeah, 27 he's, scouts there, John. A, 27 scouts. Yeah, there. and like 45 media guys. <laughs> All right, let's, let's go on to the uh, – <laughs> let's move on to, to, to the Pretty receiving Pretty sure we core. got invited to it, like the, everyone else. To, to the receiving core, we talked about Perryman, um, Steve Smith – uh, coming back from injury, another guy coming back from injury. Um, how does Steve Smith look? Well, I haven't seen him play at all, um, okay. and and he's barely practiced at this point. So he's just it's just happened the last few days, um, and and I have not seen him practice. Um, you know, you look at that roster, and Steve Smith is a is a case in point. But you've got three or four guys there who I just do not trust their production. Moore's been hurt already for an extended period in camp. Perriman's never seen the field in a year and change. Smith has been out for an extended period, and Campanero is Campanero, and he you know, can't, stay healthy. Yep. can't stay healthy. So they've got Mike Wallace, who 
I don't completely trust because of some of the things that have happened in his past and the flakiness that's been. He seems to be in a good situation here, and he yeah. seems to have matured some. But you know, it, it's his it, is his production a sure thing? I I don't know. And then you got the two rocks of the roster of the receiving core are Aiken and Butler, who. Uh, Butler's just been amazing this this preseason. He's going up after the ball in a fearless manner. Every quarterback wants to throw to him because because you know you can trust him to try and make a play on the ball, and he's not going to yeah. cost you an interception a lot of the time. Um, but uh, and Kamar Aiken, I think last year was a great year for him with all the injuries. Sure, Kamar Aiken had a chance to kind of become that number one type receiver mm-hmm. and played really well. Uh, so so that should that should be interesting to watch. Is there? Uh, the Mike Wallace, I think, is what people have talked about the most and offers a really kind of intriguing possibility. We talked a lot about it, Joe's deep ball combined with Mike Wallace. Is this something, is this a real thing, or is this something that people just like to talk about? Well, there, there are three legitimate speed options in the Ravens receiving core. So there's Wallace, Perryman, and Moore. And my, right. I guess my point is going to be that they need at least two of those to work out. If you have two deep threats on a team, you can make that work. One deep threat is not really that good. Um, but but more so far in the preseason, they've been trying to throw him some deep balls. There's an interesting thing that happened the other night. I don't want to dominate this with stories, but when we're talking about the roster, but this is this was a funny one. So Maureen and I are sitting there, and there's 3:44 left in the fourth quarter, right. and um, all of a sudden, Moore trots onto the field. Well, he hadn't been on the field in about 12 or 14 minutes, and it didn't make any sense. I immediately turned to her, goes, "This is going to be a vertical to Moore." And <laughs> and Josh Johnson is at quarterback now. If you're Josh Johnson at quarterback, uh, well, let's I'll tell you what happened, and then I'll tell you how he might how I think I interpret it. He threw a, lofted up a, a long ball down the right sideline. It landed about three and a half yards, four yards out of bounds. And I'm thinking, it's no wonder he does not want to have somebody basically flagged as a deep receiver. I mean, the, the, the Lions had to see it, and he might as well have worn a pink jersey or had to report to them as an eligible deep receiver because it was obviously <laughs> a nine route. And, right. and you know, as the as the uh, opposing DB covered him up the sideline, um, he, he didn't get separation. And, you know, I think the intention was to throw him a jump ball and see how he would fight for it because that's something he was known for at Cincinnati. But if you're Josh Johnson, it's the last thing you want to do is put an inter- interception on your resume when you're looking for a new you're job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That that's really interesting. So, have have you seen Chris Moore? Has he had the chance to go up with any jump balls? He he really hasn't down the field. He's shown good hands in short space. Most everything he's gotten has been within ten yards of the line of scrimmage. I'm not I'm not aware of a single pass he got more. He had a couple thirteen yard grabs in the last game, but both of them were were caught inside of that distance. So, um, anyway, uh, I I like him. I think he'll be good, but. but, and I didn't like him as much when he was drafted. I, if, if you go back to our draft show, he's the, yeah. the one draft pick that I was probably least impressed about. And, and the, the thing I would say about uh, that I'm worried about in terms of his development is his ability to track the ball on deep routes. It just hasn't been that impressive. But he could do it in college. He should be able to do it again in the NFL. It's just a matter of getting him but it's going not, at NFL speed. It sounds like a lot of receivers, right, mm-hmm. that, that the Ravens are keeping. So you see them keeping Butler – and 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 of course they, they they're keeping the Perryman, the Smith, the Capanero. Yeah, I have them keeping and, seven in my okay. roster projection, and and a lot of people would say six is the most they ought to keep. Obviously, there's an inactive that'll probably come from that group every week. So uh, yeah, it's a real question as to whether they will keep seven. And, and I could see, I could definitely understand if they decide they can only keep six, and and maybe Campanero is the guy that ends up going if that's the case. Really, over over Chris Matthews, you, you think? Chris Matthews not gonna not gonna make the roster, but Aiken, Butler, Moore, Perriman, Smith, Wallace, and Campanella. Uh, I meant I meant more. I meant more. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, Moore is a fourth-round draft pick. I mean, he's he's got to make the team. The only other option for him is IR, but they, that won't happen. He's he's shown enough. He'll he'll play. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, we we mentioned some stuff of the offensive line. I don't know if you had anything to add to the offensive line. Uh-oh. Uh, we, <laughs> oh. All right. We we talked about the left side mm-hmm. um, with Stanley and Lewis. Um, where does does, does John Herschel that does he start in that or does he? back up one of those positions? Where, well, where does Herschel fit in there? I mean, Herschel's been out the last two weeks with a contusion that has not been specified further than that. So it might be a bone bruise and not just a regular bruise. Okay. Um, but in, in any case, I think he's lost his job during this interval. So Lewis will get the first shot to fail at left guard. Okay. If that doesn't work out, then I'd expect that Herschel would be back there. Um, it's also a possibility that Jensen will get the job. Jensen had a terrific game um, on Saturday. So uh, one of the highest rated games of the year so far. So uh, uh, he, he could get the job. And on the right side, we have Rick Wagner, mm-hmm. and we have Yanda. Of course, you know what you get with Yanda. Um, Wagner, are we? Is he? Is he the right tackle? Are we? Are, is everyone okay with that? You know, it's it's. There's a whole lot of things on this team where you just have to trust it's going to work out because <laughs> there's no other solution. So Wagner's the guy at right tackle, and if he can return to 2014 form, it'll be fantastic. If he plays like he did in 2015, it will suck. Well, that, well, let me ask you a question: If Wagner does not work out. What do you do? Uh, what's the uh, <laughs> well, what's the alternative? What's plan B there? You know, the only other plan B that really makes any sense on this roster would be to have Lewis kick out to right tackle and then use some of their interior line depth to, to fill left guard. Um, I, I'm not excited about that solution. I really would not like to see Wagner fail, but you know, injury is certainly a possibility. And um, you know, I, I ha- let's just put it this way. It's going to be a very good year for the Ravens if Lewis can play 16 games at left guard because it means their tackle situation mm. and left guard have all held up. Right. And then we've got Yanda, and then we've only got to worry about right. Zuda. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which is if that's if your center is the only thing you have to worry about, you're doing pretty yeah. well. Yeah. So, so I I mean, even just with, with nothing else, the, the addition of Stanley, I mean, you add Lewis to that, um, it seems like this offensive line should be improved, pretty improved compared to last year. Is that... A safe assumption. Oh yeah, we're gonna be a lot better than last year at offensive yeah. line. Yeah, lots of problems last year at offensive line, starting with with you know a really good player having a really bad year in Wagner. Right. Um, you had obviously the issues with Monroe and 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 Hurst. Monroe was good when he played, but he he got on the roll with all the cannabis. Uh, it's on Twitter. It's just you, you, <laughs> you don't want to give the team another reason to to question. To question right. you. It's one thing if you, you're you there wanna, every week working your tail off and you want to do it on the side, right. fine. But he was just a really unreliable player. Yeah, you really want player. what you do on the field to speak for you and not mm-hmm. give anything else that, that yeah. might cause any questions. Yeah. Do them on the side if you're a good player, but first mm-hmm. be the good player. All right. Is there anything else you want to add no, to that, that offensive line? That takes care of the offense. The only th- other thing I'd say about about the offense is that it, there really ought to be another tackle acquired before the season starts. And whenever we talk about these fifty-three man roster things, and you're getting your, your your guesses in for the contest that the Ravens hold, just remember there's probably going to be about four people that aren't here now that will be on that opening day roster that that are other people's trash but our treasure. Okay, and let me ask you uh, before we get to the defense, I have a personal question about the Ravens offense. If I'm um, drafting uh, one running back from that Ravens team for fantasy football, which running back's going to put up the, the best numbers? You think? I mean, I think if, especially if you're talking about a per week basis, definitely take Dixon. Really? Yeah. All right. All right. You, you can have Dixon. I won't take him. All right. He's fine. all yours. Fine. I'm going to give him a steal in the last round. A steal. <laughs> all right. A steal. He'll, right. He'll, he'll, he'll drop. He'll drop. Yeah, that's normally when you go for Tim Tebow. 
<laughs> I do think he puts up more yards this year, uh, receiving wise. Steve Smith or Mike Wallace? Uh, you see, I'm I'm getting away from his expertise. He likes to no, look I, at the film. I, I'm right. asking him to make predictions know, right. that are kind of ridiculous. Yeah. I, 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 you know, that's really, it's not obvious in terms of the aging curve and whatnot, but I, I think, that, I, I think I'd bet on, on Smith slightly. Right. That, I think that, he's more favorite. But, but that's my concern. Is Steve Smith too old? There was a lot of talk of retiring last year. Yeah. And then he gets hurt and decides, I don't want to go out that way. I'm doing another year. Should he have retired last year? Well, I mean, he, I mean, he, when he played last year, he was outstanding. Okay. I mean, so. Right. Uh, now he was fun and still aggressive. He didn't look like an old man when he put yeah. on the helmet. Yeah. Steve Smith is a bit of a different cat. Yeah. He's not your. He's not. He's not. But but he, there's there's always that whole. He's not issue. showing up for the paycheck. I, I mentioned there's, there's always that concern of not knowing when to hang it up. Yeah, I get that. I, I mentioned the the older players on the team and and some of the barbelling of the roster in terms of age, but they have about four old players who they're going to come to an amicable end with them. It's not it's not going to hurt to let these guys go. And one of them is Steve Smith. I mean, good player, but but he'll it'll be a big salary lost when when or to go away when he goes away. And uh, at the end of this year, it's probably over for him. So it's right. not it's a it's an amicable end to the solution. It's not going to hurt the Ravens too much if he doesn't play well this year at some point or gets hurt. Doomerville has two years left on his contract. Fully lived up to it. Certainly, it's all about what can he do for us the next two years. But right. you know, I would think returning, he'd be a good bet to do something to justify what he's earning. Well, he's the type of guy where you can just bring him in on third downs at that point too, right? And just sure. becomes pure pass rusher. So you're still getting something out of him, even at a even if he can't be an every down guy. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think he can be productive unless that is what he's doing. And, okay. and last year okay. they asked him to be a, a two down uh, outside linebacker, and that really hurt his pass rush production. All right, well, 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 let's transition there to to the linebacker position. And I'm sure one of the other older guys you're talking about say, is Terrell yeah, there's, Suggs. Yeah, there's, there's age on the defense as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Suggs, expectations for Suggs this year. Uh, do, do, Doomerville, you mentioned third, uh, third down back or uh, just coming in on third down, just coming in in obvious pass rushing situations. Suggs, is Suggs still an every down back? Should we have that expectation of Terrell Suggs? Uh, I mean, I don't think that Suggs could ever really accept being a two-down linebacker. And <laughs> I, I, guess I, I guess I have to tell a little story yeah. that goes with this, too. I was at camp, and Sugg, it might have been Suggs' first day back, or I think it was his second, actually. But but he came out and immediately was talking trash with the with the offense, which you expect. Sure. And uh, they went into drills, and there's a there's a drill they do with three dummies where you, you slap the dummy, the first dummy to the left, you slap the second dummy to the right, and then you you turn a corner very quickly and hit the quarterback dummy hard. And okay. since the whole defense is going on, you slap each of these three dummies. You don't tackle them, or you don't you don't you know if if they get knocked down and they don't stay down, they're kind of like bobo dolls. They have to be re-uprighted. Right. So right. you know you, you you go through this cognizant of the time usage. Well, anyway, Suggs is the last to go, the second rep through the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and he he just I was just writing down at the time how hard Correa hit those hit the individual dummies much harder than anybody else and then Suggs goes through and it just it's twice as hard you know it just <laughs> it slams each other left and right and then he comes around the corner to to slap down the quarterback dummy and instead he jumps on top of it, <laughs> it was, everybody was cracking up from that well then they did a little thing with tennis balls it's a drill they do to try and improve ball location in the secondary so only the secondary does it. They shoot the tennis balls out of a tennis ball cannon, and the secondary has to track it at, at, down the field. Okay. So they're doing a good, doing a good job, and all of a sudden, I look up, and Suggs is taking a rep at this. Well, it's for defensive backs. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. He makes a theatrical catch, of course, and slams it down. <laughs> and he's, he, all of that clowning. Then he lined up 
and made an absolutely amazing play on defense. He's he was lined up opposite Hurst at left tackle. So he's at right defensive end. Yeah. Hurst takes a step back on a, in in terms of uh, a pass blocking. Sugg stayed low and then he jumped up and intercepted a pass he had no right uh-huh. to know was coming in that direction. Yeah. Um and you know everybody couldn't believe it. He threw the ball into the stands and and he, he said, <laughs> he's had a couple interceptions like that in the uh in live play against Pittsburgh. But uh, it was still amazing to see him do it. And, and you know, all the clowning. Um, Suggs is a leader of a different sort, and he's just an amazing high football IQ player. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I, I, I'm looking forward to I don't know how many years he has left with the Ravens, mm-hmm. um, but he's certainly – I'm looking forward to watching him. Uh, as far as um, – so those kind of are the two starters, mm-hmm. outside linebacker. Um, as far as the depth at that outside mm-hmm. linebacker – position right lots of it lots of it yes quality depth in my opinion yes i mean so okay. it's a it's the one position they're probably deepest at so uh, the the kansas city chiefs are in trouble right now in terms of a player that they 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 need to replace they had justin houston go down so maybe a player maybe a place where the ravens can trade a trade huh. a player but uh, uh correa the second round draft pick kamala korea is, is there and it's going to even be a challenge for him to get snaps this year but uh but he's a He's a good addition. I think he does a lot of things well. He's done. He's had a fairly quiet preseason after a fantastic, uh, high motor, high energy camp. Okay. And of course, most people note that he got into a little scuffle, like got Pitta hurt. And what actually happened was Pitta punched Correa, caught his helmet, and got his finger broken. Hmm. And uh, it didn't. It wasn't really Correa's fault as much. But with Joe Flacco, and he got in a later flight fight in that same practice at the stadium. Joe Flacco went up and grabbed him by the helmet, and a lot of people will remember that about Kamala. So, but I, I think that's more of something you want to see, right, from players. You, you don't want them to be passive. You want, especially young players, to try to find their spot and be aggressive. That's what a little, but you don't I want do. you don't want them you don't want it to cause anyone to get hurt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got Pitt uh, he's just, hurt. He's just standing there, and Pitta punches him in the face. What, right. what are you gonna do? <laughs> Uh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. Korea, though, isn't there? I feel like this is the Ravens' way to draft high a linebacker and then hide them, and then they kind of disappear, like <laughs> Arthur Brown. Is, is, is there is there a fear that some of these linebackers just get kind of hidden and never live up to their I mean, potential? It's, it's a very talented and deep group. It's always a possibility that Korea is not going to be a player like Arthur Brown turned out not to be a player. Arthur <laughs> Brown is one of the guys I believe will be cut this year. But, oh, you think uh, so? Yeah. But, but, Good. I'm tired of talking about him. <laughs> Talk so much about a guy who never plays. But but Correa, I think there's a plan to get him on the field this year. Um, it's just he's he, he's going to compete for snaps on a very significant basis a lot of other players. Talk about a few other outside linebackers, yeah. if you don't mind. But Matt, Matt Judon, the, the fifth-round picks, had a huge oh. camp. And um, four sacks in the preseason, as we mentioned earlier, and, and really – has earned playing time. And I think one of the interesting things with him and Zadaria Smith is going to be trying to figure out if one of them can take the old Pernell McPhee role where they would line up inside on pass rushing downs and draw a double team, um, if not beat a double team. And, and I mm-hmm. don't know if either of those players really has the great first step to do it, but uh, but those are the two guys who would make the most sense. Okay. Uh, and that, that'll leave uh, Suggs and Dumerville on the outside with good one-on-one matchups that they can they can win sometimes. Yeah. Um, as far as moving on to inside linebacker, C.J. Mosley, of course, is there again. Uh, we lose Daryl Smith. Right. Uh, th- this is one of those older guys that I think is 
timing was about right, yeah. right? With with so much talent in the linebacker position. But who who do you see filling the, the, the shoes of Daryl Smith? Right, well, it, it's it's actually a, a two person thing. If if I if the Ravens do what I expect them to do, but Zach Gore will be the two down player and. Um, talented guy, and he's looked great in camp so far, so that's good. Okay. Mosley uh, wears the green dot on his helmet, which means he's a defensive signal caller, so he effectively has to be in for every single play. Right. Ray Lewis never took a playoff, and that was the reason. Right. Um, but anyway, you, you're, you then have um, passing situations, and passing situations now in the NFL probably make up about 50 to 55% of total snaps. And some of those you want to stay with your base um, defense that has two inside linebackers and play nickel, and others you would prefer to have additional um, coverage options. And specifically this year, Anthony Levine, who's had a huge preseason, has been groomed to be the Ravens' new dime. Okay. Now the dime is no- nothing new to Baltimore. The, the uh, Baltimore's had a long succession of quality dime backs during the previous defensive coordinators, but. Pease has really not um, played the dime. In the last four years, they've only played 99 snaps of dime. In the last three years, they played 2.3% of the plays with six or seven defensive backs on the field. And I'll tell you why that's important. Compared to the 2000 Ravens, now one thing we can both agree about the 2000 Ravens is they had one of the great front sevens ever assembled. Absolutely. Okay. When you put on six or seven defensive backs on the field, you necessarily have to take out guys from that front seven. Right. So they they played 34.5% of the snaps that year with six or seven defensive backs on the field. In fact, they played um, 62 snaps, including the postseason, with seven defensive backs on the field, wow. um, which means they only had you know a three-man line and Ray Lewis as the only non-defensive backs. Right. So I'm very excited about the possibility and, and what this does to opposing offensive coordinators making it a little harder to game plan against the Ravens than it has been the last couple of years. Yeah, because you get those – and this is what we see happening all the time. You get the, the, the tight end – um, or even a wide receiver at times, mm-hmm. line up with a, with a linebacker, yeah. and just ask, right. <laughs> asking to get beat. Yeah, I mean the 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 comment you'll often hear from coaches, and what Pease has said it this year is they will find that guy. Okay. Yeah. And that's exactly what will happen if you have five receivers and and you know you you're depending on a just linebacker to cover yeah. space. Yeah. You know it's it's going to be hard. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right. So 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 moving to so still dealing with that front seven. If you look at the, the defensive tackle position, this this last year there was a strength for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, Timmy Jer- Jernigan, Brandon Williams. Can we assume that this will continue to be a strength for the team up front? I, I hope so. I mean, they, they got a piece of a very deep defensive tackle draft um, late, which is which is Henry. Okay. Um, so I'm excited about Willie Henry. Um, Davis has been the one guy who's been a little bit of a disappointment over the two years he's been here. He, he does not seem to have developed too much from year to one to year two and and part of that is i don't think he's developed his body too much between year one and year two which is really bad he's kind of a big soft guy last year and he's kind of a big soft guy this year um they have lawrence guy he'll make the team he's dependable jernigan who who is their best pass rusher from the inside um uh, urban uh returned late last year very big tall guy and he's batted a bunch of passes this preseason so i'm excited about what he can do in the passing game and then Brandon Williams, of course, is the rock of that of that unit. Is, is this going to be? And it sounds like we have a lot of guys there. 
a, a, a lot of names. Is this going to be a constant r- rotation of guys from, oh, yeah. from play to play? Yeah, I mean, you can't play you can't play every snap in the NFL at defensive line. It's it's a rotational position. There are a few teams which have tried to do that kind of thing. It generally doesn't work. I think Ravens, it, he had ended with Albert Hainsworth taking a nap on the field or something. <laughs> I think that, when he tried to play him down. Remember uh, that? Uh, Albert Hainsworth, I think, did that when he would play one down. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. all it was always down here. It was always the getting him off the field so that his replacement could go in where the problem came. Yeah. There is a surplus of talent on the defensive line at some place where the, you, we may see the Ravens make a move. But um, Capron Lewis Moore is in his fourth year, which means the club has exhausted its um, future control over the players. There's no 2017. They do not own Capron Lewis Moore. Right. And uh, furthermore, normally they might think about getting compensatory draft pick value out of a player like that, but he's not going to sign at a level that that provides that. So either him and Pierce, who's a pure nose tackle are potential trade candidates and there's there's all kinds of teams across the league will first look to the Ravens practice squad to see who they can pilfer from there right. if they can't get him from the Ravens cut so hopefully they'll they'll be able to get some value returned on one of those two guys yeah okay uh, moving on to the the secondary this the, is this is where we we hope for the biggest improvement yeah. this is the okay. this is the what what has frustrated Raven fans the past couple of years I feel like since what is it like Chris <laughs> McAllister and Dwayne Starks <laughs> yeah. like we've had discussions on quarterbacks right. <laughs> yeah it's it's, yeah. it's since uh, Ed, Ed Reed left and we thought mm-hmm. L- Ladarius Webb was an answer for a little bit yeah uh, we Jimmy Smith has, has, has shown signs uh, but is this should we expect yeah, right. uh, is there an improvement uh, boy um, Jimmy Smith has to play better and it, it's another one you know we talked but about that's wow, what we said last like, year well last year he's coming off a Liz Frankish injury and it might not have been reasonable to expect that he'd, okay. he'd play at that level but this year he's two years removed from it he had some kind of a screw removal during the uh, during the off season had a screw loose now but he had, <laughs> had something to do with his uh, a screw removed from his foot um, hopefully He's going to be able to play at a high level. He's looked okay in camp so far. He's looked okay in the preseason. Um, he's tackling hard. Um, I, I, I like that. But you know, we pay Jimmy Smith eleven million dollars or whatever it is he makes because because we want to see him cover. And because quarterbacks are expensive yeah. to find someone to cover <laughs> yes. a receiver. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, they've got they've got uh, the big problem has been finding a nickel, and they brought in a, an eight-year veteran, Gerard Powers who has not played well, and he's gotten hurt, and I think he's now lost the job to Young, who's the fourth round, right. f- first, first, first of five fourth-round draft picks this year. So that's another good contribution to that group. Jimmy Smith is playing with Sharice Wright, who is his high school opposing quarterback still. I, I don't know if you guys have run into that yet, but it's something. No. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, played together in high school. Oh, really? That's... Yeah. Uh, you don't see that very often. And then yeah, the, those offenses against them probably had some trouble trying to pass think. the ball. <laughs> Two NFL cornerbacks playing together. The um, the uh, next the best cornerback of the entire preseason though is, has been Davis, and uh, uh, he's a guy who who will be first man up at some position. I think Young is going to play the slot, but if Young got hurt, I think Davis would be the guy, not not somebody else. And he's certainly first up on the outside um, uh, if if anything goes wrong and. One of the things is that Wright might not play well enough, and then Davis could be the guy. Their seventh-round draft pick, Kennedy, I believe, is going to be headed to IR. He got hurt. It does not now, appear not because be he's hurt, or they're trying to hide him again. Yeah, hide him. Okay, hide him. I mean, they, they could they could live. In, in fact, it's a real question: Do they want to live with him for for like four or five weeks until he'd be really ready to play right. again at full strength, or, or try to buy more time? Yeah, but the, it, this year the IR rules have changed, and the the IR designated to return um, designation. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to say who that player is in advance. You can bring any one player back from IR at some point. 
okay. so it's changed, and and that means you, you're you you still don't want to send people to IR because you can only bring one of them back. But you but on the other hand, you have a little bit more flexibility than you would otherwise. Because right. they, didn't they they changed it where they got rid of probable or something? They changed that too. That's the right. weekly injury report. Okay. They got rid of the probable. Which is silly because all the probables were playing. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so, but but even even in that, like that the the Davis we said powers have struggled. It's sounding like there's still not that sounds like the same. Guys, yeah, it's right? the same. There's not a, there's not a tremendous amount of depth, and and that's that's very frustrating. But uh, you know they have the, I think their 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 basic four guys are pretty good. The the fifth guy that I have making the team is Price, who is a who is a project candidate. He's not not played terrible. But he's a length guy. You want to have tall corners in the NFL these days, but he's he's a project. He's not going to produce a lot in 2016. If he is forced into the role, it could get ugly. Um, but but I think he's he's a guy they'll keep. Kennedy they'll be able to keep if they put on IR, and they could even bring him back. I mean, if they get into serious troubles at at cornerback, you know, bringing back Kennedy is a reasonable solution to that. Now now. To help our cornerbacks, we did at least make a move in the safety position with yeah. uh, Eric Weddle, right? Signing him, that's going to at least improve our secondary, right? Yeah, he's a legitimate free safety, so uh, uh, that that'll help a lot. Uh, and Weddle has instincts for the game that are you immediately notice. I mean, it's like watching Ed Reed play, although he's not quite as talented as Ed was. Um, he, he he runs to the ball. He's got a good idea where the ball is going. He'll he'll gamble and leave his assignment to to make a play at the line of scrimmage. I mean, he does a lot of things that are that are neat. You watch him play, and then you see Brooks come in the game or to replace him, and he's just a completely well, different player. I was going to say, you think there's an improvement from what to from Matt Edelman last year or, or two years ago to Eric Weddle? I mean, we're talking about it's. I often think about it not just. Um, who you bring in to improve, but who are you replacing? Like, like which guy is he replacing, mm-hmm. and how much of an upgrade is it? Yeah, and it's just an extreme upgrade from what you had last year. Uh, the I'm really fascinated with kind of the Lardarius Webb experiment and him and the fact that he's still on the team. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that he was he, he started off as a great cornerback, or he started off no one knowing who he is, mm-hmm. became a great cornerback, then dropped off due to injury or whatever right. and now we see him trying to switch over to be a safety right. what have you seen from Adarius Webb well, I mean, we haven't safety? seen him play very much so far this this preseason I mean he's looked good in practice he's uh, uh, a guy that that we hope his ball skills on the back end are going to re- going to turn into more turnovers um, I, I think it's probably will be true what I haven't really seen is that Webb is obviously a great cover two guy which means that he knows which receiver on his side he should gamble and go to and then provide that mm. bracket coverage which is going to give you the better chance so yeah. being a good recognition guy it's just different from playing cornerback I mean you know being a good recognition safety yeah yeah um, all right so, so that's that's the. Is there are there any other safeties or, or that we should? I be mean, I think the guy I think is in danger of being cut is is Lewis. Uh, he, he was pretty lousy last year. He's a bad tackler. Um, the Ravens are going to play dime, and at least I believe they're going to play dime, which means they're going to have a safety up in the box. Only certain types of players really make sense for that role. You got to be physically tough, and that means Brooks is out and Lewis is out. You wouldn't want Webb there. Um, you know, it's just those guys don't work in that position. They chose Levine. He's done very well, but they don't have a backup. And so the backup that makes sense is Matt Elam. And right. he was the guy who who um, uh, was there during the preseason. And if you think about what Matt, how Matt Elam has let the team down in his years there, he hasn't been a great tackler, and that's something people would, would, would hammer on him. But the real problem has been he can't cover 
um, any kind of long distance. So if you if he's if he's over the top coverage, he's not really any good at. He was asked to do that in his rookie season. Um, he, he's a guy who who I think can help the Ravens in that dime role, but he has to be around to do it. And the Ravens need to have an option in case Levine gets hurt because it's a it's a high risk position. Matt Elam, that's the whole situation. The bit bizarre how you have a guy drafted so high and to be mm-hmm. complete bust. Mm-hmm. Is this? And it sounds like you're saying it's partly Matt Elam can't tackle, but it's also partly how the Ravens have used him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that? I mean, because I, my perspective is, I don't know how you can be so good from Florida, so good there, and then like what happened from going from college to the NFL that he can't transition, make that transition. He, he was an outstanding strong safety candidate. Yeah, and they, their need was at free safety, and so that's where they put him. Right, and it didn't it it didn't work out. Didn't it, match his skill set. Yeah, it didn't match his skill set. He yeah. it, he he wasn't terrible. In the roles they've asked him to do, but they've asked him to do a bunch of other things. They asked him to play nickel for a, a couple of games in, I think, 2014. Um, they they had him playing nickel a little bit last year. They had him playing nickel this preseason already, and you know, asking him to be a slot cornerback after he's can't be a free safety. It's just a kind of a weird. It's almost um, like you're setting him up to fail. Like yeah. you looking for an excuse to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- there's an article good. about this online. You may be even referring to it, the Kyle Barber article that had that it actually talks about him being set up to fail. But, okay. Yeah. Is that on a Russell Street report? Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. It's on um, okay. on Baltimore Beatdown, but it's what very well written. Fair enough. I was so trying you, to you don't plug Russell Street report, and all of a sudden I'm I, plugging Baltimore Beatdown. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure we just said Baltimore Beatdown has better writers than Russell Street. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it, but that, that's what Ken says. That's Ken, what, that's what Ken was telling me. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. All right, so, so that wraps up the, the defense. I mean, special teams to special teams. Mm-hmm. I guess the <laughs> yeah, they haven't changed in years. We, yeah. got, we, we got the Wolf Pack. Yeah, we got the Wolf yeah. Pack. Uh, I guess the only question is who's going to be returning kicks. I guess Campanero is the guy until he gets hurt. Until he gets hurt uh, you right? were, yeah, I got, a question about, yeah. I got a question about Tucker. Yeah. So he says he can hit kick a 63-yarder. 84-and-a-half. 84-and-a-half. Never and mind, half. he hit yeah. 63. He says 84-and-a-half. Yeah. Do you, do you think that's even possible? Uh, no. <laughs> or, or, or on, on this planet. <laughs> well, yeah, this, it, it, part of the thing he said, he said he was going to be he able to do it in Denver. Denver. Yeah. If, you, if, you, you know, if you go to the I, top of Mount Everest or whatever, is the air thin enough that I, I don't right. know? I, I've, I've the been, wind blowing the right direction. Right. I've been to Denver. Right I, it doesn't, I wasn't, I wasn't able gosh, to throw a ball higher when I, when yeah. I was in Denver. You're, well, you, it's not like you're a cow bowler. Maybe if you're a cow bowler, you could throw yeah. the ball far. Yeah, but if I can throw the ball 10 feet, does that mean if I go to Denver, I can throw it 12? I don't think that's there's, exactly there's how that works. Most, most teams that are most a- analysts that look at this would have a special adjustment for Denver for kickers and punters. And it, it, you just kick the ball much further there. You can punt the ball way further there. But we're talking like yeah. five yards right. further. Right. Talking oh, like we're talking 84. Yeah. 20 I mean, yards further. I mean,. Uh, he, he, he hit 63 in practice. So he's saying an extra 21 yards by going to Denver? Yeah, he, he hit a 69 in 69, practice okay. this year. 69, so, really? Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Now that's with no pressure. Still, though, 69 <laughs> 69. Yeah. Right, yeah. all right. Yeah, but 84 is, what, 25 more? 15. 15, 15, 15. more. 15 yeah. more. All right, fine. He can do it in Denver. What do we know? <laughs> I mean, he would have a better idea than you would, Josh, right? I don't know who you'd tell him what he can and can't <laughs> All do. I know is if you believe you can kick the ball 84 yards in Denver, why didn't you spend your entire offseason in Denver until you got that and got it on video? <laughs> I mean, yeah, don't yeah. just talk. Do it. Yeah, get it on video. Yeah. What, what, what they don't show you is the 20 times you tried it before it yeah. actually worked. It's going to be like those stupid YouTube videos where they're making basketball throws from weird angles. Yeah. Uh, or like the old uh, Jordan uh, 
McDonald's commercials. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's they what... They only show you the ones that work, yeah. Right. Forget Royal Farms. Justin Tucker should be doing McDonald's ads. Can I get back to my serious question about Michael Caponero? Yeah. Sorry, I just woke up. When he gets hurt, who's to, who then returns kicks, do you think? I am I was just listening to your, your comment before, and I'm not even sure the kick returner's on the roster right now. Oh, really? I, I, I don't think it's going to be Reynolds because I don't think he can do enough else to help the team, and I don't know if the team can completely trust Campanero. So they're going to go through the, the, the refuse pile from all the cuts in the league and try and figure out who, who maybe can help them. So it might be Campanero. And I, it, it's, it's certainly possible. He's, he really has all of the direct kick return and punt return skills. It's just I, you know you wonder about the peanut brittle body and whether or not he's going to be able to hold it together. Right, and if he's doing that, then it increases likelihood of getting hurt when you might need him sure. at the wide receiver position. You know, Tim Tebow today ran above average baseball player speed. Maybe he can come return some kicks. Thank you, Josh, for, 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 for chiming in there. Uh, you mentioned that we he might not be on the team, the guy returning our kicks. Do you see this is the time of year where people teams start cutting players and you start to look at their uh, who they cut? Um, do you see the Ravens? What type of player, what position do you see the Ravens really okay. looking to bring someone in? Yeah, I think there's three main things. I even have a color-coded thing on that's my little cheat sheet here. So. Mr. Film Study, that's why yeah. you are the best. <laughs> but I think that they need a they need a backup tackle, and they'll look through the available bodies after camp, who's released. Um, they'll look for a cornerback. And this is where the Ravens have cap room. So um, it's possible the Ravens can compete for a better known corner and get one and you know have, a, have somebody to start opposite Jimmy Smith obviously right um, and uh, and you know gain additional depth or do they you, could do you have any names for us do you have any names no because I don't know who's going to okay. be cut who is a real salary issue right now but it would be somebody like that somebody who's making a lot of money and the team can't doesn't think they can afford to cap it for him and then he's suddenly available all right fair enough okay and then it, the, the third thing is I think they need a backup dime and so that's that's somebody will have a safety that they're unhappy with for whatever reason, but 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 otherwise has the traits the Ravens want. A, a tough guy, physical guy, a good short space coverage guy who ne- not necessarily can cover a guy down the field who would be perfect for the backup dime roll. Sure, sure. Okay, well, that would be interesting. We can keep our eyes out for those for those names, th- those guys. Uh, I want to – we zoomed in really close to the team, looking at the roster, uh, giving you all the names you need to know. You got to zoom out? To I want to zoom out for a minute. All right, before we zoom out, Let's, yeah, let let's mention. Out. I was going to say, let's mention our sponsor for this podcast. Oh, please do, Josh. United Games. United which is, Games. Yeah, and a new yes. app coming out in October for your phone. And they're taking uh, having people sign up now. And if you sign up on the link on section336.com or by going to bit.ly slash 336game and sign up now, this week out of all of the 336 listeners that sign up, you'll win a Crush Davis bobblehead. Someone will. Nice. If it's a raffle. So one person will win. Yeah. Not everyone. But <laughs> here's what the game is. The game is kind of cool. Well, it's pretty cool because it's, uh, it's we, we all got used to fantasy football. Then they introduced daily fantasy, which, you, you know, it's picking the guys for the night. Now in the new game, it's play along while the game's on TV. Hmm. So it's picking, will Joe Flacco pass or are the Ravens running on, on this play? And you pick there and immediately you win or lose. Next play. Will the ra- will this play go for 15 yards? Will they convert on four and one? Uh, will Tucker kick this ball 83 yards? And it's live with the game. You make your picks as it goes through the game, and you get points or whatever to win that game. That's very cool. So it it, it goes from from daily to immediate in the moment. 
you know, it's it's kind of what television needs to do because they're always talking about trying to be more interactive with TV. And here's a really cool way to do it that's kicking off in October with football. And then they're going to move to basketball, baseball, all that. I guarantee Mr. Film Study will crush that game. <laughs> it, it, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. We <laughs> used to go out. This is, must be 15, 20 years ago to bars and play a game that was similar to that where you would pick runner pass, mi- middle left uh, or right yeah. kind of thing. And, no, so I'm excited for it. I wish it was out right now. I, I, but I'm excited, and it's going to come out in October at the launch. But you sign up now, and you got a chance to win the Crush Davis bobblehead, and then they have other uh, – uh, things are doing for people who sign up ahead of time. I think it's perfect. And it's free. It's free to play. It's free to play. And this is perfect sponsor for our show because what we're doing on this show is we're always taking the sports talk game to the next level. And this is we taking fantasy to the next level? This is fantasy to the next level. We go live to Facebook streaming. We go to YouTube. We go to pod. We're taking things to the next level. Then all the other all right. radios and podcasters follow us along. This app is taking sports uh, right. So go fantasy on, football and whatever yeah. to the next level. So go sign I up. I like that. You go to section336.com or bit.ly slash 336game, and that'll take you onto our website where you sign up, and then you'll get like a text message that you have to click on to confirm and all that. But, yeah, sign up and uh, win this Crush Davis and Samson bobblehead. All right. So to finish the show, Mr. Film Study has told us, uh, broken down the Ravens as well as possibly as you possibly can, he is obviously knows what he's talking about, but it's the chance to show f- for me to make him feel like he does know what he's talking about. And the tough questions? Well... The, or the dumb questions that he doesn't uh, waste his time thinking about? No, no, no. I want to go to the predictions. We have no film of Paramount, so we don't know exactly how we will look. Uh, there's so many question marks that you don't know who will be hurt in week four. It's impossible to make... I don't know. It's literally impossible to, to predict how this team will look at week 16. Uh, or even at week four, uh, for that point. Yeah. So I'm going to ask him what he thinks yeah. the Ravens' record will be. I, I ask him. I ask him the same question every year at this time. What's that? Uh, what jersey do I buy? That I haven't bought a new jersey oh, since, the, since the Super Bowl. Who do I buy this year? You know, I'd buy a Ronnie Stanley jersey right now. That's going to be around. He's going to stick around. Like well, he's a rookie, right? So I've got him three for four years, years. Four yeah. years. All right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, All right. I, don't, I don't know. If you got one jersey to buy, you're going to buy offensive lineman jersey. I mean, I did have my last jersey was a not a jersey, and we yeah. did. So. I mean, me too. I I owned. I think most Ravens fans back then they owned a Jonathan Ogden jersey. Like that was, I think, like yeah. a must own jersey, yeah. a Jonathan Ogden jersey. All right. So I'm so Stanley. If he, sometimes sometimes people want a contrarian jersey to own, and that that question came up. And and uh, earlier in camp, I said Victor Ochi would be the ultimate Ooh. undrafted rookie contrarian jersey. To I get. just like the name of Ochi on <laughs> on my back. Yeah. That's that's a good that's a good idea. The contrarian, so yeah. so that you are not the guy with everyone else at the stadium wearing the Justin Tucker jersey. That's correct. Yeah, right. they, we we went to a. I, I, I'm sorry, we have enough time for me to talk. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's go the ahead. Thing about internet radio, we can go as long as the heck up. we want. We run things. All right. 2006, we went to the Ravens' 15-14 to 14 win that uh, Stover won with a 52-yard field goal as time expired. And we were sitting down pretty low in, in, in the stadium, a factory of sadness there. And in front of us was a guy in a Babatundi Oshinawa jersey. And I hope I pronounce it correctly. That's approximately correct. Well, who was Babatundi Oshinawa? He had just gotten it that year because he, he bought it, had to buy the jersey custom. Have it, have it done. And the reason he bought it was because it was the extra draft pick that the Ravens, sorry, that the Browns acquired for exchanging spots 
13 versus 12, and allowing the Ravens to get nada when they got Cam Wembley. <laughs> As I'm <hoping. laughs> that, That's a guy who's really thinking about what jersey to yes. buy. And really thinking. I like that, yeah. So if it's not Ochi, who's the contrary that you would so say? So the contrary now? and now who's going to make the team. Um, Anthony Levine is almost like too mainstream now after the great preseason he's had. I, yeah, I know that name. Josh, I know the guy who's You should go with your know. boy, Josh. Keenan Reynolds. That's your boy. Yeah, but see, he's playing he's gamble a little bit. See what happens. The, the, Ravens are doing, the Ravens are doing the pothole bit where, where they put him on injured reserve. Okay. The, then you get ahead of the game. How about Next. Alex Lewis? Alex Lewis. I already got a you Lewis. You have a team of offensive linemen. Oh, the, the Lewis is tough. Yeah, I don't want to play. Be, how I mean, we got Ray Jamal, Lewis. Ray Lewis. Jermaine, how come your Ray Lewis jersey has the wrong number, people are going to ask you? Oh, yeah, it's going to get confusing. Okay. you got to have those kids not know who Ray Lewis is. Well, no, we'll be okay with that thanks to the statue. you got two years of Brent Urban. You could give that a All shot. All right, I'm going to write down Urban. Um, and I'll, I'll mark Matt Reynolds Taven because Young. if they are selling it, maybe. Tavon Young is a Nichols, a fourth-round pick. It'd be All okay. right. Oh, that could be a good call. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Dixon, everybody's going to be wearing Dixon. Uh, in a I'm, not going, I'm not going Dixon. Dixon him, yeah. Correa, you know, is the risk is he's a boomer bust guy, but there's going to be a lot of people wearing him this year. Judon, oh, he's already done too much in this short period, and that everybody's going to be wearing him as a custom jersey. You don't want to do that. What about a Chris Moore? Uh, yeah, I think that's a good contrarian pick. I mean, if he's good, he'll be really good, and people will want to wear his jersey. Um, you sound, you guys, you know, buying defensive linemen, offensive linemen jerseys. If you stay there, you're, you're already slightly contrarian with the that's rest of the true. crowd. He's wearing Flacco jerseys. So. That's true. Give me a guy who touches the football. <laughs> Give me that guy. Right. Offensive lineman, get out of here! With All right, you you want to get to your uh, not a jersey? No. You, you want to ask how the Ravens are going to do this year? <laughs> I, 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 like the, I like the predictions. I, I like mean, the predictions. Tom Brady's then, out what six games? That's got to help us. And then I, I like to bring it back when Mr. Film studies on at the end of the year and kind of play back what he said at the beginning of the year, so we can see how how wrong. Yeah, is. except he's always right. We're always wrong. Yeah, that's that's yeah. true. That's true. So how many wins? Um, uh, last year at this time, I would have said nine and a half. That was a starting point for an expected wins article series I did that, by the way, was not a lot of fun once the season got rolling and <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the. Uh, Are you going to do it again this year? The expected no, wins? I, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Do you remember the graphical thing? Did you, did you ever look at it? Or I did, yeah. Okay. So it's, it, it, it's something that I don't, I don't think a lot of people really, really got the handle on. So I'll do something different. I'm thinking about something on the pass rush maybe this year, something a little okay. bit different with the, with the data I've got. But anyway, I'm, I'm, if, if you want me to guess right now, I'd probably see the over-unders right around nine. Okay. Yeah. So that's worse than last year. Yeah. If you were going, you were going nine and a half last yeah, year. Yeah, it's just more risk. Yeah. But, but then that was based on, uh, I guess, you, bet, you picked nine and a half thinking without the injuries. Yeah, sure. And everything. So they, they were they were coming they were in off that great pass rush right. year, and yeah. I know football is a crazy, insane, right. fun sport. I mean, if you remember last year, the first I feel like the first eight or nine games were all within like three or four points. They were all right. those really close games. Yeah, yeah that's when it could we go said. either way. That's when we would complain that if we had Suggs, that's the three points. Yeah, we talk about like one or two plays that <laughs> yeah, could change each game. I remember just, that. Football, all right. And there's all right, only I'll, sixteen games. This is a fine sport. Fine. I'll take nine wins. Nine wins can be in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh man, you guys haters, haters! Joe with the quick release, are are the young rookies stepping up? This is going to big. We got Keenan Reynolds on the injured reserve. Mike, Mike Wallace running down the field, going for sixty yard touchdown passes. Oh, we got a lot of things going for us. All right, Tucker hitting eighty three yard field goals. I guess talking about nine wins, nine and a half. That's not even possible. I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going with ten wins. Heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> going out, going out on a limb there. Half more win, baby. Going 
Going 10. No, you picked a full win. Yeah. More. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, uh, Ken McCusick, we appreciate you cut you coming on. I want to let everyone know that you can follow Ken's writing uh, on U- uh, Utah Street, on Russell, Russell Street. Street Report, a great website for Ravens uh, news. Russell Street Report does a great job between uh, Mr. Film Study stuff. The salary cap is always on point on there. Uh, and Tony with his outlandish articles. So they really just do a great job. How, how about your How about your articles? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you got barred for Russell Street, right? I wrote on Utah Street Report, wrote a bunch of articles for Utah Street Report. This is a couple years ago. I write one article for Russell Street Report, sent it to Derek. He gives me the old reach. He's never given yeah, me the old, the old just, reject stamp. Stick to baseball. <laughs> yeah, I got the old reject stamp, stick to baseball. And I said, fine, I'm going back to my corner writing about baseball, Derek. Let's stick it. All right. Well, <laughs> Uh, so, and you can follow you can follow Ken on Twitter. Is it at Mr. Film Study? It's at Film Study Ravens. Okay, at Film Study Ravens. And you've been a lot more active uh, on Twitter at least past couple few months. That's, that's right. I mean, that, we, that's we really the football. That should be fun. Yeah. If you are a Ravens fan, a real diehard Ravens fan, you have to follow Ken on Twitter. You have to. It's a great follow. Yep. You, you don't have to follow me on Twitter if you're a diehard Ravens fan. What? I would like you to, but you don't really have to. Have you even posted on Twitter since not, uh, not, June? No, sometimes I'll retweet Ken, though, and that counts. When I retweet Film Study, uh, that's my Ravens talk. All right. All right. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Section336Show. Do the whole thing where you write us a review on iTunes, like us on Facebook. Um, we're on Facebook Live every Tuesday. Our shows are up on YouTube if you want to watch us. Aren't they on YouTube still? Is that still a thing or no? Sure. Okay. They are, I don't think you can watch them. I think on YouTube it's just the audio. Oh, just the audio too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you, you, you watch, watch them on Facebook. Facebook. Okay, I'm sorry. You watch us on Facebook, listen to us on YouTube, or you can listen to us on iTunes and all that stuff. Hey, Jimenez is still pitching in his seventh inning. Don't talk about it. Just it's don't two, talk two about it. Two seven-inning pitchers in the back. Jinx, jinx. Just, just don't talk about it. All right, boys and girls. Oh, one last thing. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Josh. At Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go Ravens. Section 336 is a affiliate of 24-7 Networks. Find Section 336 on RussellStreetReport.com. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Fact or myth? In the big game, the coin toss usually comes up heads. That is a myth. In fact, tails has come up more often in recent years. Football is full of myths. Like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at KeepItFunOhio.com. You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun. 